You're now tuned into Unpunctuated with Precious, where we have lifestyle conversations and guidance based on my own experiences and those shared by others. Thanks for working with me for the first episode of 2021 of Unpunctuated with Precious. Happy New Year. I hope you're all safe and well and making a decision to eat 2021 up and leave no crumbs. We are three weeks into the year and wherever you are, I hope you're showing yourself grace and being treated like the sweet baby girls that you are. Today's episode is a mirror image roll. I'll explain what that means shortly, but I would also like to reveal that I have a very special treat today. I have the honor of catching up with the talented, the beautiful, the lovely Amia Brave. Amia is an R&B songwriter and songstress hailing from London. You may recognize Amia's soulful voice on Annie's hit, Pain Black Girls, and her incredibly nostalgic hit, Sweet Love, which is streaming on lots of different platforms at the moment. I know that I have been streaming it like crazy. Today, we are going to be learning a little bit about Amia, discussing the importance of having shared values with your partner, knowing your worth, and understanding that we did not come here to suffer. (laughs) All right. Welcome, Amia. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. How's your day going so far? <laughs> Thank you. It's been all right. It's been busy, but it's been good. Oh, that's good, to hear. that's good to hear. We're still in lockdown, as you can see, you know, in London. Yeah, unfortunately, but unfortunately, because um, I just wanted it to be tackled. So, um, yeah, fortunately and unfortunately. <laughs> Hopefully, this is the year we get through it, we get over it, Happy New Year. I'm going to be saying Happy New Year until the end of the the month, it's just happening. Um, But thank you so much for joining me today, it's such a pleasure to have you. And full disclosure, I have to say that I have had Sweet Love on repeat. It honestly, if it was a CD or a record, it would be scratched and skipping. It would be scratching anyhow right now. My husband's actually tired of me listening to it. He's like, hold on. I need to understand. And I'm like, you don't understand. You don't understand. It's about you. And he's like, okay, fine. Um, Honestly, I am such a creature of habit when it comes to music. So my playlist primarily consists of, you know, 90s and 2000s R&B. Like, I will rinse out the same songs over and over again. And that's a vibe I get from your voice. And the current single gives me, it just gives me such a, this nostalgic feeling. Um, mm. so it to you, honestly. And anyone who's listening, they should stream that, stream the heck out of it because I have, honestly, it's so good. It's on repeat and I'm living my best life with it. So really, really enjoying it. Um, Thank you. No worries. With that in mind, um, I'd love to understand who your main musical influence, have, you know, influences have been. Oh gosh, uh, like a melting pot of, of artists um and sometimes when I name some things it's like I'm like ah oh, like okay I'll start with my, I so I'm I'm the last born out of five kids so really? um, my siblings were all born in the 80s ah, um so yeah definitely like so my elder sisters they want to listen to a lot of Mary J ah. um Izzy Brothers a lot of like ballady type Tony Braxton yeah. all of that 
Um, and then my sister might was like listening to more Black Street, Seven O Two, Destiny's Child, um, Lauren Hill, da da da. And my brother, he kind of really introduced me to a lot of rap. So I used to like watch a lot of um, like the rap DVDs that used to go around, so yeah. like battles and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then he, I remember him literally bringing like garage and well my sister was garage mainly but <laughs> house into the home yeah like, when house became a thing so when I look back I'm like there were so many different influences um like they would literally make me on a you know back in the day in the 90s it used to be like these um recording tapes yeah so they would literally like get me to sing like Aretha Franklin and then like record it um I used to listen to like Fuji music obviously I'm Nigerian yeah um so, so like when I look back, it's so many different elements have like really influenced my sound. But of course, I feel like the strongest current that keeps coming out when I'm writing is definitely like a nostalgic '90s and 2000 R&B, and it's literally yes. so unintentional. But it just it just keeps coming out every time I write. So. Well, thank you for that because I am lo- like not even low key. I'm high key obsessed with that era of music. So I you, and I will be stalking you. You know, until you come for that. Because it's something that you don't normally get in the new sounds, the new sounds that you get. I don't, it's just not one you can replicate. And I think that you've made, you've really done a good job of replicating that, even if it's inadvertently and accidentally. You've mm. given that vibe to music. And like music is really food for the soul. And I'll be honest, yeah. it's therapeutic throughout my whole life. So no matter what I'm going through, there is always a track that can remedy what I'm feeling for the most part and like gives me this imagery. And mm. you know, why do you think that 90s and 2000s R&B, like, what is it about that era that makes it so top tier? Like, why is it so, why do people love it so much in terms of, like, our, like true diehard R&B fans? I think it was, like, a golden age, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. we talk about this on Clubhouse all the time, <laughs> like, we have this today. Um, I just think, I would say probably, you know, the way in which music was made was very different to the way music is was created now. So yeah. of course we have technology, um, and of course like that with technology comes a different way in which sessions are done. Um, and so though it's easier now to record, you can record just about anywhere. You can record yeah. by yourself. But back then there was like a team of people collectively contributing to a record, mm-hmm. um, and these type those types of sessions where it's like everybody's playing their part and you have someone vocal producing it you have people playing I'm not saying people don't play live instrumentation now but there was a lot of it wasn't just you know making sounds on the computer there was like actual people who were basically like composing you know and like almost scoring these songs um so I feel like that's why and also I mean it came off the cusp of like everything that was happening like the 50s the 70s like like that sound those times of like live music I feel like that's why it birthed such a a beautiful era um but I think also anyway we're lucky today because I mean we're all children of of all the greats so um I'm excited to see where it's going to go because I feel like we're really returning back to like the core of like artistic creation and not allowing technology to to take that soul part and that organic feeling away so oh yeah. you did that so well and I'm looking forward to that because I miss that I miss that do you know I always think true testament is like you know when you hear that album track you hear a track and you're like okay that song bangs it's great and then you hear it live and it ignites something completely mm-hmm. like <laughs> new and, new and that's true and I, I think your point around 
the way in which the music was composed was it was a body of work. Like I was having a real conversation the other day around, do you remember back in the day there were remixes? Like the remix yeah. was like them giving you another gift of the same mm, song. You know, like, yeah. like bad boy were really good at that. Yeah. They did song, it'd be amazing. And then they goes, guess what? We're not done yet. Here's a remix. And it gave you another kind of chance to really enjoy that. And yeah. I think like, that era was so good because we had music videos. Like I remember I was one of those people that I couldn't really like sleep at anyone's houses and that my siblings were my friends. <laughs> but our recreation was like watching MTV Base and watching Shame. MTV. I was an MTV base kid for sure. Literally, like... literally watching like watching videos. We used to record them, right? We used to record the videos and that would be our recreation. Like I remember like John B, they don't know. We have all of those different mm. and that's what we do for fun. And it was so good with the imagery. Like I think that Good, a, a good song will give you imagery. Like I used to think that I was like the muse in an R and B song. So like, let's say Donald Jones was singing, I'd like picture it was me and stuff and get lost in it. And I think the imagery of a music video, and also then the track was we got the full experience. Like I've heard songs now over the last few years, and I could not call the, I couldn't pick the video out of the lineup. The song could be mm. on. And I miss, I miss the imagery. It's so crazy you said that, yeah, because that me and my best friend, um, we talk about this all the time. Like, I'm a music video fiend. Like, I love music videos. I think because I'm a visual person, so yeah. like, even just going outside or, like, say if I watch a film, I'm actually looking at, like, the visual side of the film and that, like, triggers or inspires me. So for mm. me, music videos are really, like, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. So a lot of songs, I feel like sometimes, it might not even be your fave song, but because you've seen the video sometimes the video is what actually nails it in or nails the concept in for you or like yeah. just shows you a different perspective and I feel like definitely like of course there was so much storytelling like even when we were planning um we're currently planning the music video for Sweet Love oh that's in the pipeline yeah I know so excited <laughs> um and we're just thinking about like what we want it to be like and we're just watching like just watching so many videos from the 2000s and then going all the way back and like one thing that was concise was there was always a story. Um, yeah. So we're just thinking about how to do that with the resources that we have. And during Corona, how can we still put out a good, good visual to, to aid this song? So yeah, it's on its way. <laughs> that is so exciting. And I think, oh my goodness, you are speaking to my soul. The storytelling is what got me, which is what this, which is what's so good about hip hop as well. Like, old mm. like in the day is they didn't just rap at you and say things to try and make you dance. It was like they wanted to tell you a story. Like if you think about like Nas back in the day, if you think mm. about the day, they told you a story. And whether the story was true or not, you got the imagery and it's mm. created. And then when you were then when the video landed, you're like, ah, you can think about whether it really matched up. Yeah. Um the song as well. But that's exciting that you're thinking about that visual storytelling for Sweet Love. I'm looking forward to it. That sounds very exciting. Awesome. Um, and in terms of like the video, like when you are writing your songs, do you sometimes get that imagery in? Do you, do you use that to kind of get the inspiration down onto paper and, you know, put that body? To, is there an image in your mind and how, what's your process? So that, so the image comes second. So when I'm writing, I write in my bathroom. That's, that's my studio at home. I literally am always in there singing. Um, um, so I'm in my bathroom when I'm in the bathroom and basically, um, I'm actually more thinking about I'm thinking about a story in terms of like where am I what's what am I trying to tell the audience yeah. and the listener what what's what is the objective and like what's the beginning middle and end so by the, the first verse 
am I affirming that and tell you what it is in the chorus and in the second verse how does it develop the story and how am I rounding it off so I don't see the images when I'm writing it I'm more thinking about the the melody and the words that's going to accompany it but as soon as it's done like as soon as I've literally like got got like let's say the body of it maybe let's say first verse chorus second verse I start to imagine and then once I've like played it to my best friend and stuff we're already talking about what we can see and I, I always know when it's a good song is when I really it triggers like what I can see when I feel like I can start seeing stuff and I'm the queen of like going for walks riding my bike and just listening oh. to my voice notes and if it takes me on a journey I'm like okay this is good so that's what that's my process that's amazing that and how do you feel when you get a producer that has a tune that just it's just it just marries up with your words like how does that how does that how much that feel to know that wow this really fits it's been so hard because you know obviously with corona we can't we, you're allowed to record but um a lot of people haven't been feeling well so i haven't really even had a chance to even get into the studio but i've been receiving so many beats like so many um wow. and i had a really good one the other day um and it just tricked the lyrics just came just like like right away um <laughs> and it was it was that feeling like but I'm still looking for that feeling where that I used to have like with some producers where they send me something and I'm like what happened like what did you go through that week because I can hear it in what you created like it wasn't just a beat I can actually hear that something went on um so I, I'm looking for that for sure um but there's no feeling that can ever like compare to that it just I don't know it's just like a different it just it feels good you know nice <laughs> So I'm going to segue into the meat and uh, the meat of this episode, which is what is the mirror image rule that we tried to this episode. So this episode's title is a little bit facetious. It's a pun from my law school days. And essentially, the mirror image rule is a legal doctrine. And it means that when you accept an agreement, you're doing so based on the exact terms of the original offer, right? And it's also known as the absolute acceptance rule, meaning that the exact terms of the offer are the exact terms accepted in order to create a contract. And if there isn't, if you know, if this isn't the case, then there's no contract rules. So that's a really winded thing of like, and whilst I'm not, I don't believe that a partner has to be an image, mirror image of someone, but I do believe that a partner should complement your qualities and experiences and vice versa, right? Mm. Um, so, which leads me to thinking about having shared values with someone. So building a successful relationship takes work. Everyone knows that. Like, it's an easy thing to do. It doesn't mean it's not a happy thing, but it takes work and effort. It's an active, it's an active thing. And there are so many unfor unforeseen curveballs that life will throw at you and you inevitably test the strength of any, you, you know, un union or partnership. But having compatible values, I feel, is crucial and it's a great foundation and we provide you with the tools to navigate through life's obstacles together. Um, so, Amia, like, what would you say are crucial values partners should share in a relationship? For myself or just in general? In yourself, in general, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. What do you feel um, like the value that I, people should share? I think, you know what, it's so crazy. Um, like, as you grow up, your these values kind of sometimes change. Yeah. Um, I think probably what's a huge one for me is um beliefs so um and that can range like from like your spiritual beliefs so your belief in god belief in christ but then also down to like not politics but having an understanding i know this sounds so crazy but i'll try and say it well like 
your belief systems on the things of the world so like mm. um yeah like your belief system on women like that's really really important to me like how a man sees and, and views women and is he open and to learning and changing or um understands has some sort of understanding of of course you'll never know what it's like to be a black woman but has some sort of understanding of what it's like to be a black woman if that makes sense yeah. so mm-hmm. those type of fundamentals in terms of like beliefs is really important because i feel like a lot of people for instance you might meet an amazing person but their belief is that women are like inferior or like they have all these beliefs so i feel like for me that's really important like what do you believe um yeah. about these type of things and also um i think <laughs> um wow that's another important value uh about a value of um like family and, and retaining yeah, relationships so yeah. i'm definitely someone i believe in um like family i'm really close to my family like every single person um and i try to and i pride myself with trying to always keep the family together um and practicing forgiveness and um yeah learning and understanding one another so those are those are some of my values and values i value in general <laughs> a lot of values that's real. that's real you know and you're right and i think family is important understanding where someone's like where someone chose the line on those belief pieces because some you'd be surprised how many people don't have a conversation around mm. their beliefs, how they want to raise their kids yeah. do you want to smack them when they're naughty or do you not want to smack them mm-hmm. do you want to do this do you want to get them immunized all of these different things and i know trust is true you know trust is crucial um, loyalty, you know, which pretty much goes hand in hand with trust. I think similar values related to beliefs, you know, how you can how you choose to communicate. Is this person someone who when they're upset they give you a silent treatment or are they able to mm. and you know, honesty, respect, do they have self discipline? And one thing that I've noticed and I one of the like hardest lessons, but greatest lessons as well, I think for me is the importance of knowing how someone's raised. Mm-hmm. and how they deal with conflict mm. precious are you my twin <laughs> <laughs> yes because you know if you because sometimes you can like have you ever and this is not to call anyone out have you ever met someone and, and noted things about them and thought okay and then met the family and you're like ah, i get it <laughs> now and that's the thing and we don't, I, I don't think anyone tells us, figure out how this person's raised and not to, not for judgment, but to understand where, you know, where they can meet you and where they can't, because some people are raised on love, which I think you sound like, you sound like you're very family orientated and nurtured and some people are raised on survival, right? Mm. And, and you notice that. And I think that it's important to understand that. And also the conflict piece, like understanding how people deal with conflict, you know? Yeah. And you're right. Having these conversations about the future are key you know mm. and like if, if we think about how you were raised like what do you value most about how you were raised and how it's setting you up for whether you're in a healthy relationship now or the healthy relationship that you desire like what about your upbringing can set you up for success and have kind of made you like primed you you know it's so funny way. like when you were talking all i was thinking it was about myself like um yeah like, i was just thinking about because i i do this a lot like i whenever I make a mistake or I offend someone or I do something that isn't isn't the best so I always think like where did this stem from like where did I get this like learned behavior from there's positive there's like positive and negative things that I, I have contracted look at me contracted this is the COVID talking uh, <laughs> but these are the things that I've gotten you know that I've learned from my family I think one thing for sure that I've picked up 
I definitely got this from my mom. Um, my mom and my dad, they're very like, it's very community based. So they were, re- my dad was raised in like a compound basically. So everybody lived there, like everyone, people's wives, like everybody. So it was really community driven. Um, and I think this actually resonates with a lot of Nigerians, especially who grew up back home um, in the, you know, 50s, 60s. Like it was super, super family orientated. Everyone lived in one place. Um, it could be even the stepmom, everyone's there. Um, and I think it's so funny that now, even in London, like my mum and dad's house, we literally had, there's like six rooms and we used to have people coming from Nigeria at least once a year. Like people, my cousins at one point lived with us for five years. So there are so many, like, I'm so used to, to being around people and like having a community that I feel like that's allowed me to, um, understand different types of people and be accepting of those different types of people um and being able to take people in um so you know that i've met people who are not able to i guess when they meet people who don't um yeah don't mirror them or don't share like values or yeah who they just don't get along with they find it quite difficult it's like okay you need to go but whereas i feel like something that i'm I'm really grateful that my my parents kind of instilled in me was um giving people a chance um and um yeah that family and community even if they're not your blood so that's one thing I definitely I definitely feel like is is something I'm I'm glad I learned um for sure that's so beautiful that's and I suppose in the world we live in we need to be able to extend people that grace I think that mm-hmm. 2020 the year that we've had it has really shown people have really shown their asses like mm. we've shown <laughs> community-based and who isn't and I think that, that that's all kudos to your parents for instilling that sense of community within you mm. because it's a real it's a, it's a really crucial and you know exemplary value and 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 characteristic I think that it sounds like you're someone that has is very reflective mm-hmm. and introspective and I think that you know you touch on something very important around checking yourself so when you're offended by someone I'm a true believer that when we say that that person's the baddie they're the bad guy they're the villain why are we responding this way why are we what is it about us or thinking you know being really reflective about ourselves before we respond and react and being objective mm. um one thing that I always bang on about is and I'll say it time and time again like what you think about yourself and the way you treat yourself sets the standard for others and how mm. you should be treated. Like you want to know your life and you teach people how to treat you. So people learn how to treat you based on what you accept from them. Mm. And they really take their cues or the liberties they take from you. And I suppose as a black woman, as a young woman, how have you developed or are developing a sense of self-worth that is that is that is kind of color, you know, tailoring and coloring the way in which you are going out in the world and teaching people how to treat you? Mm, that's such a deep question. <sighs> I mean, I'm assertive, but insecure. So I'm an assertive person um, and I don't like taking crap from people. However, <laughs> um, underneath some of that is a lot of insecurity and fear. And so sometimes, um, for actually, yeah, so a lot of um, my, my teenage and early 20s, because I'm 26 now, a lot of those years were spent like working on my self-esteem, working on yeah. like my self-love and, and how I value myself and how I see myself. And yeah. um, so that's helped because sometimes you can be a, a person who is like, you know how to speak your mind, you do know how to voice and stand up for yourself. But if internally there's that like 
conflict of like you're you don't feel like you're good enough then sometimes it kind of battles that if you know what i mean so just yeah. like even in music like navigating music you need to really be tough mm-hmm. and you need to make sure that you um you speak your mind and you, you get the things that you deserve um and but a lot of times sometimes people can make you feel really really tiny and and especially when you're an indie artist and you're starting out um you're constantly yeah. reminded like or you're constant it's like this unspoken thing of like you should just take whatever's given to you and be grateful um and i think i'm sure so many black women can relate to that in any field um like just be happy that you're here and just be happy that you've been given this shot or this chance um so sometimes that that confidence that we might have in ourselves yeah. we lose it because of the lack of like i guess self-worth but thankfully now that's what i'm really working on um and constantly affirming myself that it you know you are you are worthy of where you are and where you want to go and um yeah. yeah nothing should hinder you and don't ever allow um anything or anyone to hinder you um if you, this is your race this is your marathon this is your time so that's what i do yeah oh my goodness oh you're just honestly like you're speaking to myself i've got t- 10 years on you and you are such a wise soul you are such a wise soul I- I- i'm loving that and i think especially because you are an indie artist mm-hmm. and the music industry we hear all the stories we hear all of the um you know the rumors around what it takes people selling out people not being true to themselves it sounds like you're really grounded in in something that you are going to forge ahead and you know your worth and you're not going to allow yourself to, you know, be diminished and for you not to be your authentic self. Yeah. And what really grounds you, going into an industry like the music industry, which is not easy, and you can be the most talented, pers- talented person in the world, we know that, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make it. Mm. But what is forging you ahead in your authenticity? What are you grounding yourself in? I think it's two things. I'll say probably like my biggest influence is my older sister um her name's Bola Bola Baja you guys should check her out she's an amazing woman um she's a playwright and a screenwriter um and luckily for me I've been able to I guess live through her vicariously vicariously well I've been able to like almost take a back seat and see so someone's gone ahead of like this path like working in the industry as a black woman so I get to hear all her stories and kind of see how she overcomes those battles and how she has to constantly remain true to herself in order to preserve how we as black women are seen and how she's seen. So she really like, I, I'm sure if I didn't have my sister, I'm sure I'd be wayward. I'd probably have such a skewed like, view. <laughs> um, I'm probably, you know, because honestly, there, there's nothing like someone who's older than you that can, can yeah. show you the way. And then, but also I have nieces and, and nephews. Um, yeah. And for me, it's just important to how of you like that's just so important to me like because yeah just it, representation matters to me so I just don't want to be I don't I don't have to compromise myself in order to fit yeah. something that isn't yeah. true I rather just be true to who I am and true to myself so those coming after me and those young people who are going to be looking at me and saying you look like someone I know you look like my aunt you look like my cousin you look like my mom it's true so yeah there's enough false representation as it is you don't need any more yeah yeah exactly no you're speaking you're hitting all the you're hitting the nail on the head on everything like hitting all the buzzwords for me and something that i'm super super passionate about and it's not even to it's not an opinion on interracial relations or anything like that but something that's important for me is seeing good representation of black love and relationships Mm. seeing healthy representation 
because I don't think we see enough of it. Yeah. Um, I don't think we see enough representations that aren't contentious, that aren't toxic, that aren't perpetuating stereotypes. Mm. Um, and I think that that's something that the youth need to see, that it's a possibility. It's not this story that we're told on television. It's not this disjointed thing. There are plenty, there are plenty of very healthy relationships that have forged on into old age between black couples and and I think that for me and I'm not sure what it's like so just a bit of context my husband's American I'm I am in the UK it's something that I'm seeing in the UK where there's a there's there's a real identity crisis mm. and a real disparity between you know black men and women and how are you seeing that manifest in your day-to-day life oh um you just you just gotta go on clubhouse <laughs> it's a fight really? every day the fight every day. There's something's going on. Like I think, yeah. There's uh, there's so much to be done. It's so funny because like I have these conversations with a few of my my male friends. Like I, I talk to them about it all the time because sometimes they say some wild stuff and I'm looking at them like, what the hell is you talking about, boy? You sound <laughs> you sound so misogynistic. But um, yeah. Um, there is, and I think. But one thing I I have noticed that in our generation now, there's a consciousness to change and. Yes. and also there's like a there's no tolerance basically for ignorance anymore so it's not enough to say you didn't know so yeah. out of everything that's what I've noticed that there is like a bit of a people are still trying to understand one another and um there's a lot of I feel like black women now aren't afraid to just say their point um so which is great but I think um yeah just uh, it's just yeah but this is a generation now you can't come and do nonsense here <laughs> yeah, no, none of that, none of that wayward non-entity business will yeah. be will be um tolerated. Well, you know, I I think you're a very very wise woman, and I'm glad that there's someone of your character and of your integrity, like that's going to be in the public sphere and platform for young girls to see and to to engage with, because I think that that's needed. That's what's been missing, right, mm. in the industry for quite some time. So I'm glad you're flying the flag. I've already said it. Like you are the queen of R and B, like the queen of real R and B in London right now. No oh one should have me. God. That is what's happening. I mean, what I will say to that, like, no, I thank you for precious for um, even just streaming <laughs> Sweet Love, but for sure, I think this year we're going to see like there's so many of us, um, and I think there's you know when the the lid has been lifted and like the the yeah. gates that have I guess maybe hindered or not allowed people to come through, we're really going to see like a full influx of what London has to offer, especially within the black community and especially for black women because there are incredible songwriters, incredible voices. Um, not just me, there's loads of us and we're definitely coming through for sure, for sure. We're going to do a quick fire round to wrap up this episode. It has been such a pleasure, like delving deeper and learning more about you, Amia. So I'm going to do um, just a few questions for our audience to learn a little bit more about you. Let me go. So my first question is: So the songs that you're writing currently, what are the main inspirations? What gets you up to go bang and writing the song? Right. I mean, I wrote a song the other day 
um it was just about me <laughs> it's called more than just friends um okay. I, yeah it just it was super inspired i just was like the person i was talking about i saw them and i was just like yeah let me it just triggered so many thoughts so, <laughs> so real, real life <laughs> Oh, I like that. I like that. So you just you you can you draw on your real life inspiration. Okay, well I'll be looking out for that. My ears are I can keep my hair behind my ears and ready to listen when it comes out. Um the next one is what's the most important thing you've learned about love today? I think the most important thing I've learned about love is in order to love, you must love yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um and in order to really yeah to to understand how to love others you must love yourself first so i think yeah that's that's what i've I've learned it starts within and then can go with outside so yeah i love that i love that i call it your fly like fly first love yourself you gotta find your planter well i'm I'm stealing that (laughs) (laughs) you have more royalties later you have my number i mean you have my um and then the next one is, what's the one piece of advice about love that you would give to your younger self? Oh, I would say, yeah, I would tell younger Mia, you are worth it. And that, yeah, you're, you're full of gold. And, you know, don't let anyone compromise your price because you are gold. So, yeah, I'll say that to my younger self. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, your bride price will be very high. May it be high, high, high. Oh, no, no. Okay, may it be high, high, high. I saw your gala in um in Flame Black Girls. May your bride price be as high as my gala. <laughs> it will be high, high. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amia, thank you so much for spending this afternoon with me, chatting through. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. I am looking forward seeing your trajectory seeing everyone kind of learn how amazing you are and i love that you're flying the flag for other female artists other female creatives and bringing them in you are such a humble humble soul and like i said to the listeners please stream sweet love you will thank me later i told you if i, I might if there's a vinyl i'll get it because i need to scratch it that's just what's going to happen <laughs> it's going to skip and that's what's going to happen. But I have absolutely enjoyed chatting with you. And I wish you all the best with everything. And I look forward to being able to hear all that's in store for you once we get out of this lockdown. Um, but honestly, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Amia, thank you. Thank you, Precious. Thank you for having me on here. And please let me come back again in a few months' time. <laughs> I'd love to do this again. I love it. Thank Definitely, you. I'll have you back. Yeah, listen, I'm gonna hold you to it. It's on record yes. now. We're, we've got a contract. Yes, We're now. We're in it. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Amia. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I am gonna continue flying the flag for sweet love because that is my ultimate thing and it speaks to my R and B nostalgic soul. Oh, Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs>